0: We talk a lot about community on this podcast, as well as in the Slack group. Having a community for your product is incredibly useful. It helps create brand evangelists, helps with customer acquisition and product feedback. But there's one benefit that isn't talked that much about, which is, it helps you understand your customers a lot better. When you're chatting with your customers day in and day out within a community, you see their pains and struggles firsthand. The result? you build a much more customer-centric product. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Holly and Laura, founders of a financial education app, community, Instagram page, and blog for women called Financielle. It started as an Instagram page, but over time evolved into a product that helps people manage their finances. What I love about Holly and Laura's story is that it is totally organic and their app is completely bootstrapped. They have used their community and the profits from their app to build a startup that is growing and very customer-centric. In the episode, which was a recorded virtual event by the way, we talk about the pain points of the people in their community, how they manage their Instagram page, including some tips on how to make finance memes, and how they are monetizing and planning on growing their business. I love this chat and I hope you do too. If you want to attend our events in the future, please join us at fintechmarketinghub.com forward slash slack. Let's hear from Laura and Polly. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for joining. I'm Araminta. I run a content marketing agency called Mint Studios and along with Annie, uh, we manage the fintech marketing Slack group, and so quite a few people in this uh, event are from there. And today I'm chatting with Holly and Laura from Financiel, a community centered around financial education for women. You have, well, they have over 40K community members across social, private, blog, and the app. Welcome Holly and Laura.
1: Thank you for having us. We're we're fangirling because we love the fintech marketing hub and all the kind of content that you guys, that you and Annie put out. So thank you for having us. I've Been spying for for months, all, all month. All thank you.
0: Yeah, it's awesome to have you. I'm I'm really excited because, um, you really started from the ground up, like bootstrapped, started really like organically and naturally. And so, uh, just from my own experience, chatting to bootstrappers, it's really like we can get into the details and like really discuss, um, kind of how you started. And, and I find that that's really interesting because you're, you're still like at that stage. So actually, let's just start with that. Um, where, where do both of you like come from in terms of background? Um, and why did you start financial? What was the kind of idea that sparked the blog and community and, and all that?
2: So the first thing to say is we're sisters, which because we've got, we're both married, not everyone realizes and we pretty much don't look like each <laughs> other. <laughs> I think we sound <laughs> and we are from the North of England. So we live not far from Manchester and financial started um, as an anonymous Instagram page in 2018. Okay. So it was at a time when I personally was on maternity leave um, a little bit bored after doing like 80 hour a week job. And then it suddenly stops. And then for a while, the baby doesn't do anything I've heard. So, um, you, you you know, to try and fill the time. And I myself had gone on a personal finance journey where, I was a graduate lawyer at twenty, twenty one. I had a graduate salary and never had any money left. No one taught me in my life how to manage income expenditure. Um, I opted out of my pension at 22 at a firm full of lawyers who should have told me, hang on a minute, there's something called compound interest. So real lack of basic financial knowledge when actually, I, I guess I wasn't a, like an unsophisticated individual I I should have known better so I did you know I decided there was a point when I I had my little girl quite young and could there's no way I would have been able to afford a house for us and I thought hang on a minute if I can't do it a lawyer how is everyone else m- meant to do it? And so I went on this path, this you know, research path about I'm going to nail how to handle money and then I'm going to focus on one thing at a time and get good at that one thing. And it kind of snowballed and I ended up honestly doing really well when it c- comes to finances through quite limited means as a single parent, you know, on a graduate salary, but in Manchester. So I guess people in the family and friends would see how I was doing and ask questions and it became I guess known as the Laura method but you know your
1: eyes would roll sometimes wouldn't it Holly? Yeah like she went deep on the on some of these methods like there was a lot of trial and error and sometimes like what the hell is she up to like if Laura's got her mindset on something she will do it 110% like I've never seen anyone with such energy but the only way I can describe it to people is when someone goes on like a a health journey and or someone turns to fitness and they look incredible and you're like wow like you look amazing like tell me a secret like how did you do it? That's the only way I can describe this whole like journey that Laura went on everyone just wanted to know the secret like what's the secret source how is it that you went from whatever you were doing to like buying a house having a rental property like just being in such a strong financial position and being so confident speaking to even like strangers about money like we could be in the pub or having drinks somewhere and Laura would just roll off all this information I'm looking at thinking who is this person but that just shows you like she really went gung-ho on this so um yeah people wanted to know what the secret source was so years
2: later that kind of Laura spouting out what she thinks is right about money and um, turned into an Instagram page and it just grew and I guess you know this entire you know discussions about community and community starts when people come together around Um, a single um, meaning and and a simple idea. And lots of people, especially women, resonated with this idea that actually focus on be, focusing on being financially well rather than obsessed with getting rich is attainable for more people. It's like, do you want to go run a marathon or do you want to get fitter? Because we can all get a little bit fitter every day. So it just resonated, especially with busy mums or busy, you know, females juggling different jobs. And this kind of community started to grow around this Instagram page when actually it literally was anonymous quotes at first. And, and, you know, nothing much more special with that. So, so that's where it started when it pivoted to a business, which I guess we can come on to in a little minute. I knew I was obsessed with our customer. I was good at products. I was good at understanding this is the plan that I've curated over, you know, 15 years now. How do I commercialize it? And, you know, Holly's background in commercial sales and partnerships. I couldn't have had a better business partner if she was a friend, not a sister. She'd have been the first person that I called to say, can you help me see if this, do you think this could be a business? What do you think? And yeah, the rest is, I guess, history. Nice. So I'm
0: actually curious about the Instagram page. When it first started, what kind of strategies or what, what did you do to spread the word or did you do anything? Were you just like posting and this is fun or were you actively like finding partners or promoting the Instagram posts?
2: So for the first couple of years, it was just my own personal hobby. And they're all still on there. So if anyone fancies a long, long scroll down to the bottom, it's a bit rough and ready and <laughs> wouldn't pass design. Canva wasn't around um, when we first started. It, all hail Canva. But it, it's kind of some just direct quotes would be in in, a, in an image. And then... A blog would be the caption, you know, a spiel mm. that I'd done with one hand while the baby's feeding or okay. in the middle of the night. Or, and then what I realized about Instagram at that time was this concept of hashtags, which was you can kind of find your people. So if you want to go in on a gym and a health kit, yeah. you can find people like you or aspire to be like certain people if you follow this kind of niche. And so what I realized is people were going onto Instagram and searching hashtag money saving, hashtag, mm. money saving, hashtag personal finance. So they were, so if I just put a, so I did use a bit of a hashtag strategy, but I was by no means a marketeer. What I knew is, okay, which ones do well and which ones don't. People seem to like this direct, authentic voice. People don't like top tips. And I don't yes. know, things that are probably just a bit, they can get anywhere. They were coming to the page for a, I call it, you know, like if you're in a nightclub and you're having a chat in the toilets with, with one of the girls and she's she's saying, you you just, you just deserve better than him. Uh, or her,
1: that's kind of
2: that authentic
1: best friend telling you about. That. Yeah, that, yeah. that lifting the lid on like, you felt like the financial space was like broken. Like oh, we've done a podcast, like banks are built by men for men. Like, and all that kind of like, do you know what's really happening here? I think people really resonated with that. And there's something a little bit different, which is why page probably grew quite quickly.
0: And what's quite interesting is that you didn't, you weren't using like your face, right? It was anonymous completely. And if you, if you listen to like marketing experts nowadays or social media experts will say, you know, be personal, use your face, blah, blah, blah. But you obviously started off with just quotes and even that took off. So that's really interesting because you were saying, do you think nowadays in 2022 that would still work or is that, is that too late now?
2: I don't think so. I think what we're learning is trends and platforms change all the time. We're having a call this morning with a really good mentor of ours who's an exited founder of a fintech. We were just talking to him about Instagram and it, it's just a slow place. It's not as easy to run up a 200,000 followers anymore. It's it, it was a moment in time. And actually, when I finally put my face on Instagram, because I was so worried, I was actually more worried about people that I knew knowing how I felt. Yeah. I leveled it up. I literally was like, no holds barred. You know, I'm going to tell people about what debt means. I'm going to tell people about how buy now, pay later can, can impact you. And so that you can make a more mindful choice. When I put my face on, it skyrocketed because people knew the person behind the curtain and they trusted what I was saying. And they also could see me living it out. So you know, the funny moments where for a long time before some of the challenger banks came up with the pots I was using, um, cash envelopes because I liked yeah. to divide up my budget. And it's like it's ridiculous. Me and Sainsbury's trying to pay with a cash envelope just made people go, well, she's doing it as well. Like it's not this preaching thing. It's she's living it out. So I, I do think that personal brand is incredibly important because it evokes trust and it evokes authenticity. Um, I don't think you could start an Instagram or a TikTok page today with a lot of quotes, yeah, or or, or say or like it wasn't just quotes. I think that was a moment in time as well. Um, but it was you know positions on things or thought leadership pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think well
0: the other thing that makes you different is that you're also very um, focused on a specific niche. So this was my, my next question, which is there, there are quite a few personal finance influencers in the space in the UK. I'm part of the UK money bloggers, Facebook group, and I see that there's a lot of them, but, uh, what, what makes you stand out is that you're focused on women specifically, um, or, or, I mean, financial education for women, although I know there's some men in your group too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, what would you say is missing from these other communities and blogs? Like why, why is there this specific need for women? What is the pain point that a that women are having when it comes to financial education and how how are you helping meet that with uh, the community
1: i think we never set out to be female focused in all honesty like when people ask us like oh so you just like woke up one day and we're like we're going to be female focused it genuinely didn't happen like that for a long time the content um that laura produced was very i don't want to say generic but in terms of like the type of content and education that was put out there it was but after a while when when it started to be more commercialized we looked at the the data and the insights that Instagram specifically, because that was our biggest home and where our biggest audience was, we were looking at who who is it that's interested in the type of content and how do we find more of them? And like overwhelmingly at the time, it was about 90% female, 10% male. Mm-hmm. And none of the content was like directed at, at, at females. But I think we, some of the con- maybe it was, maybe we, maybe we did put stuff out there that was like helping fellow females. But um, as time's grown with Done more research, and we've spoken with more people in the fintech space and, and wider. And there's just this huge problem when it comes to females and financial wellness. If you like, um, eight women control eighty five percent of the world spending, and in turn, all the kind of consumer brands out there, everyone's marketers on this call. So you'll know you you want to get as. The the get the get the aim of the game is to get money from people when you're trying to market a product or whatever it might be. And if women control 85% of the world spending, we're getting targeted the most. So you know, you buy now pay later's car finance, beauty industry, fitness industry, health industry, everything is targeted at females. So when, what, when
2: women have less money to start off with because of the gender pay gap. And so it all kind of fits together like a jigsaw. And so I think. You know we say we're female focused we're not female exclusive we love the men in our community in fact they're champions of wanting they're amazing yeah. e- you know e- equal fi- equal financial um uh, situations and positions f- f- for everyone and it's just we think that people need to know and when people when we lift the lid, when we call it out and we use the facts and figures, people go, oh my gosh, actually, yes, you're right. In fact, Holly herself had a real light bulb moment when we were doing a lot of research um, in the gender investment gap, when she realized that in the two years that she spent on two different maternity leaves, her husband earned more money just in the paternity leave eight week period than her entire maternity leave. And in fact, during those two years, she also realized pension contributions weren't happening for her, but they were happening for her husband. And it's something that the family don't talk about. Whereas yeah. obviously in my position, me and my husband, because it was before we started financial, had a, had a discussion and we put money into my pension proactively because I was not being penalized for, you know, having time off. And these like light bulb moments make you go, hang on a minute, think about your customer. What do they know and what position are they in now? But what do they also not know? That's really relevant and important to their life at that point.
1: We get so many DMs from people being like, "Oh my god, if I'd have only found you like ten years earlier when I was <laughs> oh, like, kind of like financial journey, if you like." So our like community it spans in terms of like demographic. We've got twenty percent males on there, so it's now moved to about eighty percent. Even though we then came out as female focus, which is really interesting. You think it had kind cool. of gone. All the males are kind of turned off and say, Oh, it's not really for me, but the, the content is obviously just really interesting. A lot of people do the financial playbook, which is our product as, as families and couples as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we kind of like that aspect. But yeah, we're we service in a market from probably at age of about 18 up to get it's it's growing to about six years old. So yeah, people cool. are kind of going, I want to reverse all these bad financial habits that I've had, or they're saying, I want to start a financial wellness journey as young as possible. So I'm not doing what the millennials are doing and screwing <laughs> up the world.
0: I'm wondering if if
1: have you uh,
0: noticed certain triggers because this is you know I've been in the fintech space and the personal finance space for a while and the 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 main issue I see is that it's hard to get people interested in financial. I, it, it seems they have to have something bad happen to them before they're like, "Ooh, I need to fix yeah. my finances," which is a shame because by then it, it can be pretty serious, right? We're talking debt or something. So yeah. I'm wondering what what are the triggers that you've noticed that will get someone to or a female or male doesn't matter to join your community to 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 use the to download the playbook and to read up on all this and download the app. Like, what is the what are the most common triggers that you've seen?
2: So interesting. And we call them our life triggers, which is um, when you're using the word trigger, I'm like using exactly the right word. <laughs> because you can split personas in different ways. You can do age demographic, you know, you're, you're millennial, you're, you're Gen Z. And, and you know, as marketers, I guess everyone's constantly trying to understand who are your customers and how do you want to speak to them? And we do have multiple personas, but actually we're finding life triggers are, is a much more accurate yeah. persona to describe. So it could vary from... Um, a and life triggers tend to be not age specific necessarily but it could be a graduate who's getting their first paycheck and they've never had responsibility for such a big amount of money before and suddenly that they want to make a responsible choice with it and they're probably struggling you know if you're getting a job in the city and you're an entry-level pay you're trying to make that work but our more common ones are wanting to buy your first home uh, being overwhelmed by that especially with the you know pay multiples and borrowing multiples at the moment having a baby and suddenly realizing mm-hmm. I've got a bit of headspace actually but shit's got real <laughs> um or it could be divorce and death is quite a big one so people go through a breakup a trauma a reset in how they thought life was going to be and then it's different and I think that's where community really comes in because what they do is they search for help. And so historically it'd be Instagram, social, or someone in their life And we've had this referrals are a beautiful form of acquisition yeah. for us. When someone says you need financial, go check this app out and go see the, this community. And then you see them helping each other. So someone will post something quite traumatic about I'm going through a divorce and I just don't even know where to start. And three people will jump on it and say, I know exactly what you're going through. I've been through the same. Or you okay. You're here with us. So there are there are these traumatic events, and it is a shame because you don't want people to come when things are a bit too late. We are trying with our content to be a bit lifestyle as well, and a bit more kind of. I would be thinking about asking people to take control, and that's a really good challenge to make of someone, even if they're not in crisis. Mm-hmm. I think I'm into it. it's. It's at any point you can either just be completely passive in your journey when it comes to money and spending, or you can kind of. You know, if you hear people talking about crypto, or if you hear people talking about ETFs, do you want to know a little bit more about it? Because you, you could, if you wanted to, you could get involved in that. Like This could be you in 10 years time or carry on as you're doing and, and and don't. And it's kind of a good challenge to people. You, you say on your website that you have a KPI, which is to help, to like the number of
0: people helped. So I wonder, what does that mean exactly? Like, imagine someone is going through, uh, I don't know, they're having their baby um, and they're like, okay, I need to get my finances together ASAP. How do you know that you know they download the app and all that, and they've been helped? What what does that look like?
2: So, I mean, we use our measure for number of people helped, that number of people doing the plan, because we know that's our That's the secret sauce. But, but there's this like you know ambient benefit of people reading our product, even people using the free app would be able to track the debts, track the goals, manage their life admin, read read content that will inspire them. So, join the
1: community, join the community space. So,
2: a little bit like. They would possibly count into that. I think the thing with the KPI, which is just ironic, because like you said, how do you measure that? You know, what is the actual um, metric? It's also this philosophical thing about if you can help one, say we help one woman who's just about to have a baby, take control of her money, manage the finances better with their partner if they have one so that they don't fall out about money and they don't get into financial distress. And also the baby's born into a calm environment and is brought up and where she hears the word or he budgets or investment. And so you, you help the woman and then you help her partner and then you help the child and then you help. The family because their family sit and watch them and go. Oh, hang on a minute, these like guys. I did with you. Yeah. These guys are managing money really well, and they seem financially well. They, they seem happy. They never complain about money. They you know they they're happy to say no if they don't want to eat out, or they're happy to splurge if they want to splurge. And then that helps the community because if you can help give people their money back and their control, they'll spend it. They'll give it. And so this kind of snowball effect of number of people helped is two things. One, it's absolutely the number of people who have done our plan because if they've done it, we know it's helped. But this is wider KPI that actually this butterfly effect of helping one person is absolutely life changing, and I don't think um, I could have created or worked for a business that changes lives literally as much as we believe our product does. Yeah,
0: and you're really relying on these referrals to like word of mouth. Of course, is like the best. Probably. So let, let's talk about like now, 2022 financial. Um, walk me through like what what does the business look like now? Because I know you've got a blog, an app, um, Instagram, all that. What 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 are you currently doing like day to day?
1: That's a very good question. <laughs> good question. So, for, oh, wow. so we worked to get the
2: app live. The it started off actually so the plan and the way this business started was um, an ebook. So. I when the pandemic hit, the page, the Instagram page was overwhelmed by DMs like twenty to thirty a day with people really worried. Because if you remember at the time, people weren't sure what it would mean for their jobs. We were from the travel industry at the time, which was very scary for people. Um there's people, no financial help from the government announced or
1: anything like that. pre
2: furlough yeah. it was all very worrying. And we just got overwhelmed. And so Holly said to me, You have to write this down. Like what you know and what you've put on all these. Blog posts and all these Instagram posts, you need to write it down. And, and I'd always wanted to write a playbook for my children. I'd always kept panicking about it. if anything ever happened to me, do they know how to manage money? I want them to be able to follow it really simply. And so she was like, Well, this is the time. So write it. So we wrote it and we gave it away. People don't do it when you give it away because there's so much helpful free mm-hmm. content that this is kind of, you've got to have a bit of skin in the game. So we sold it for £50. Pounds book and we sold five six hundred over the course wow. of a, a year to be fair it wasn't all Still. at once and it we knew it was worth via the instagram right completely very instagram. only instagram Not, okay yeah. yeah only instagram no, no website. website no website wow. we both the website but we, we wouldn't have known how to get people to the website for sure. Sure. <laughs> <We're lucky laughs> sure it was up and running yeah we're lucky you could even buy an ebook and so also we produced a spreadsheet that went with it if you wanted to buy that as well which is i guess it a little upsell, which we hadn't realized was an upsell to help people then track working the plan. So it's budgeting in a particular way. And it's also tracking net worth, which is something that helps show your long-term progress. If you're doing the plan, your net worth should be going up. So um, earlier this year, like Holly and I sat down and I was like, this needs to be an app or or a platform. Actually, I said it could have been web-based. It could have been an app, but it was 2D. I wanted to see the data. I wanted to see people's debt going down and assets going up, which is what we can see Holly had this vision that she wanted to be in like their pockets. We could trigger them with a little notification with a nice blog. We could have a community event that was easy to access. So um, we just spec'd a very basic app. I knew it was very basic because it was data entry and it was education. So it wasn't APIing in twelve different banking sources or or what have you. And we use all profits in the business to, to build it. It launched in October, a, a, what we would call a soft launch because it was just to our Instagram page and community. Um, nothing much more sophisticated than that. And it was amazing and, and it's live and it's out there. So at the moment, the business model is it's a premium, a, a freemium model. So it's a free app with a premium upgrade. And we still continue to generate revenue from uh, financial partners via the app and or via the Instagram page. And actually, this. Um, I should say because it's a secret. But this month we've got a couple of businesses taking it. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, big businesses, really impressive brands. That when we're ready to share, we're excited to because they're just amazing. That are going to take it for their employees because they want to help wow. their employees with financial wellness. So, yeah, I saw that actually
0: financial for a business, and it just <laughs> appeared like recently. I was going to actually I was going to ask
1: because I was like eagle <laughs> eye. Yeah, it's, it's a great
0: great idea. Love it's that. It's
1: something that we've toyed with for a while, and when we were speaking to. Um, Uh, someone from this particular business not even about employees she was like I love this and our people need it we were describing you know the type of customer that we've got and their needs and the life triggers that they come to us with and you know our concern around this gen z uh, generation of people that are more talking about trading than they are like having a pension like it's just a bit of uh, a worrying interesting place in time and she was like we need this for our people so can you just go and do it and it never kind of was like up there on the top of the list but more and more we're seeing that that could be a really good way of our kpi to help more people because if you're going to get one customer that takes, you know, a thousand app subscriptions over us, plowing money into paid ads, of which everyone knows like is hit and miss sometimes and trickling through a couple of hundred downloads within like a three month period, it's kind of a no brainer to hit that KPI of number of people helped.
0: Wow, amazing. Well, I, I look forward to hearing how it goes. It sounds yeah. pretty, really cool. And um, how, I'm just curious, like, did you build the app yourself? Did you use a no code builder? Did you hire someone? How, how, how did that, how did you do that?
2: So what I what I'm really passionate about is demystifying tech to people because um, there's so much clever tech out there. It, it really can be overwhelming. Um, I really tried to do a no code option at first, but because of the way I uh, I had built the budget, I built the budget a bit like a PL. True. And there's just I kept struggling. I tried on a couple. It was taking me an awful lot of time to do. And when we were costing up even getting someone to help with a no code just to speed it up, it it still wasn't doing it exactly as we wanted it. We we felt we'd had our proof of concept with the PDF and Excel spreadsheet. So mm. I do think that before people plow money into building tech, you know, have a proof of concept and, and test it out first. So I was confident that it wasn't going to be um, really expensive, um, but we Did a big exercise looking for some developers via upwork and we we found a small company that we spec'd it very specifically. We did that work, we were very specific about what was needed when, where. I knew quite simple tech because, like I said, it's just it's self-standing on its own. Um, so we we outsourced it, but we project managed it, we tested it, didn't we? (laughs) Doing the different books. She's iOS and I'm Android. (laughs)
0: amazing. Well, that's great. That's you. You, yeah, you properly like did the research and really bootstrapped it from the the bottom up. And you probably know a lot about apps now and like the dev tools and all the technology behind it. So
1: you just wear a hoodie, and then suddenly you uh, suddenly everything uh, makes sense. Next time you wear a hoodie, and you go to Silicon Valley and ask for thirty million to build it, and then you'll be fine.
0: (laughs) And I mean, this is why I was looking forward to chatting with you because you're like the opposite. I mean, in the sense that you're really ground up and. You know, I'm I'm worried about the fintech space. I don't know if anyone else on this call is, but there's so these huge valuations and they're raising so much money and it's and it's just an app. And you're yeah. like, how? To be fair, it's mostly happening in the US. But so this is why this is so interesting because you really you really tested every single step of the way mm-hmm. and you actually provided uh like you met a demand right there was actual demand before even launching the product yeah. which is why there is like you're having success right now um so it's really it's really exciting to see and i'm actually i'm so what in terms of marketing like nowadays 2022 once again how are you um how are you promoting the product are you promoting the product are you just sticking to instagram or are you thinking of branching out and and yeah what are you so
2: so one thing that we really are going to be putting effort in is content and and when i say content we mean different different mediums. So video, um, we like TikTok. We just love how unpolished it is. You know, we're not flying on there. We're doing okay. I, what I love about TikTok is we can drop onto people's for you pages. Um, I think the last analytics I looked at 70% of our content goes to people that don't follow us. And I love that because you just might drop something into someone that impacts them. Um, and also written form. So we've got a content writer that, that helps us just so that we're not just writing, um, and so we we're going to be using that to kind of spread the word. We're really pro personal brand, and so we're quite active on LinkedIn. Both of us, we love doing events, especially in our local community at the moment in Manchester, because the fintech space is getting bigger, and we like also being a face of non-tech females leading a tech tech brand, as you as you quite rightly said. And um, and so that's that's the one side. The other side is we are going to be looking at some PR, especially with this financial wellness angle. So we get asked a lot of times to do stuff in lifestyle magazines. In fact, just before I jumped on this call, I was answering some great questions for the Evening Standard about, you know, our tips for for, for 2022. So I guess a little bit of a mixture. Instagram will always be our home, but when we've decided not to be a slave to it, haven't we?
1: Yeah, I think we discussed that on one of the calls. I think it was Eric that kind of was saying, you know, you don't want to give like so he, i think someone asked like how do you split your time like obviously there's just two of us and we do get a little bit of help but i'm talking like three blogs in a in a month not like not anything outrageous and we're just going to be smarter, I think, in terms of how we build our content and how we distribute it. Like, we want an omni channel presence. We want to be on LinkedIn for a personal brand, but also from our B2B, because that's going to be really, like, we know that that's going to be the strongest platform in terms of like leads and engagement. And then, Instagram, like Laura said, is our home, but it's very slow at the moment. It's hard to cut through the noise. It could end up being very expensive and a drain, not a, yeah, a drain on our time for not much return. Um, Facebook is an interesting one. Um, I don't know how everyone feels about Facebook but at the moment. It's a bit of a bizarre place to be, but we are experimenting with paid ads. Everything that we've done up to now has been organic. We've never paid for a piece of promotion. So whether that's the cause of everything slowing down a little bit and we have to put our money where our mouth is, it's going Maybe. to be really interesting. We're in a very much test phase in January this year. One thing that we're
2: certainly going to be exploring as the platform grows is referral. So even if it's a non-paid referral, actually giving our community members the prompt to say, do you know anyone that would benefit from this? There's some really simple, you know, plugins and tools we would be able to use, whether it's even simply just prompting people on email and asking them to share because um, there's there's so much potential from someone helping their friend, quite frankly, because it could be an accountability partner. So I love the idea that people would share that they're doing this with others in their lives because people should be more transparent about money, but community, you know, we... if we believe the community are finding value from our product, they will absolutely refer it. We come from a referrals based business before this, before we started this business where they didn't spend a penny on marketing. It was all based on word of mouth and getting people, people to refer you. Now it's a bit easier in a service based business than it is in a product. And it's hard to compete in, you know, the fintech space where the cost of acquisition is so high that when you are competing with these invested brands, these finance brands, they'll offer, you know between 10 and £100, I suspect, customer acquisition to their customers. You know, refer a friend and both get £50 in your pot. I mean, we can't compete with that. We're a bootstrap startup. So we have to be a bit more clever. And if it means we grow a little bit more slowly, that's that's kind of okay, I think. Nice.
0: Um, And my last question uh, on this topic before we head to like AMA um, is like what what does the process look like for content because obviously i i'm i guess i'm asking specifically for instagram because you've been doing this for so long and you've obviously done you know you're doing really well at it well like from idea to create to production or to pub- publication what does that look like how do you even come up with ideas are you just brainstorming or
2: so yeah. uh, i think i think there's a little bit of structure because the playbook is split into three um three parts, survive, build, and grow. Mm-hmm. And they each reflect a different part of someone's money journey. So survive is about taking control. We talk about mental health. We talk about budgeting. We talk about debt and what you can do to, to um, get out of it. Build is much about building on that. So building some really basic foundations. So do you want to buy a home? Do you want to get a really good emergency fund that makes you feel better? Do you want to start building these like pots of money for your goals? And, and then the third one is grow, which is invest in things that grow in value and that could be you but it could be cryptocurrency it could be the market it could be pensions and kind of it's all so aspirational so holly finds that really helpful i think to then go right okay sometimes we do full weeks where we focus on a particular part of the playbook and even if it's not as obvious to the instagram follower we have strategized and gone we'll focus on basics this week and so once in a while, we might then throw in a different theme, like we've done greenwashing before and about shopping sustainably, because, you know, voting with your money is a quite a powerful thing. We've done about ethical investing, which is very topical, but we kind of have this, we use survive, build and grow as a content plan. And so many ideas then come off. That yeah, call really thing. Thing.
1: definitely. And then- we and then Holly, Holly will throw a good meme in there once in a while. Like well, she'll I just laugh far, at herself. I spend far too long laughing at my own memes. was really embarrassing, but <laughs> the funniest part of the job. But I think we grow followers that way and people resonate with stuff. They're like, oh my God, like I'm dying. There was I, one the other day about influencers and mean girls and that type of thing. But Gemma Collins ones. Gemma Collins ones, ones always do really well. I'm not sure She's why. So but, amazing. Um, we, we do take, a. I think a lot of influencers like do set, like talk about content planning all the time. But for me and Laura, like, campaign led is always the way forward and that way we can commercialize it as well like in the nicest way possible we have to put food on the table for our children um so we have to commercialize it and also we only pick products that like our community will benefit from so one big thing we're passionate about is making sure that females have got a pension especially people that are like stay at home parents or work part-time where they feel like they don't warrant and they don't bring enough money in to warrant having a pension but what are you going to do when you have retired and you've relied on your husband's pension? And unfortunately, we see so many people come through that are unfortunately divorced. We have to make sure we're providing really good content. So we've worked with some amazing brands like Pension B, where we've pension said, B. like, we're going yeah. to do legacy week or we're going to do you know nice. we've seen it and we make it into a campaign so it really is like a, a well-oiled machine really even though sometimes it feels a bit scatty actually we are quite strategic in our content and then we think we don't charge enough because actually
2: <laughs> we work really hard we do like it's not a one-off <laughs> post i think a lot of maybe brands on the call and listening back later may resonate with you know just an influencer post and it just it just doesn't work like that <laughs> it's much better to have a well thought out campaign that can be repurposed that can be come back to and that tells a story as the week goes on and so um yeah we definitely definitely probably deliver too much value for the money we charge
1: well i think we are that omni-channel presence and i always say that with partners we don't just say you know it's hard are we an influencer are we a brand we've probably transitioned from influence to brand that's like a bit of a difficult journey to take because unfortunately some influencers have a bad reputation of if a brand comes to them i want to do a campaign with you and they're like yeah okay one post is like 1500 pounds or something that's probably quite cheap at the moment and that's it and it just drops off a cliff whereas like mm. sure, we do a bit too much and that we'll then post it to our community and then we'll do a reel on it and we'll put it on tiktok like we there's okay. no point in doing something half half-hearted it's not going to get anyone the results
0: I really like this idea of doing it per week on a week basis and looking yeah. at it as campaigns. How, how many times do you post per day currently? Is it or per week? Do you post once?
1: Per day? So it varies. I think in campaign week, we'll probably do about three posts a day. Yeah. Wow. To, to Instagram. That's, that's intense. Yeah. yeah. And we'll vary the type of content. So one will probably will be a video, one will be like a carousel that's quite informative, education heavy that someone can save and then share, which helps with the algorithm. And help someone. And then the third might be like a funny meme just to get people's attention if they're just kind of like scrolling through. So, And then we'll tend to do live events as well. That'll be in evening cool. throughout the week. And then we'll do private community events too. So it's a lot.
2: One as big as that. I remember mean, we so would probably be once a month, so one week per month is probably quite intense. Sometimes we do stupid okay. things like have, like we had a financial wellness festival, and it was all November. And it was, <laughs> what are we doing today? But yeah, it, so but everything's a campaign. But if it's a sponsored campaign, we'll go all in. Mm-hmm. If it's one of our campaigns, it may not look like one to everyone else, but to us, it is. It'll probably be one a day, and um, we've probably okay. dropped off a little bit again because we're trying to do wider platforms. But generally, once a day um, is we're finding working well. It's interesting what you say about memes because I've also noticed this. Um, like
0: the, the fintech brands that seem to succeed in social media. Like I'm thinking of a couple in Twitter, Instagram, um, not sure about Facebook, maybe Facebook also, LinkedIn, obviously completely different. Yeah. Um, they seem to post a lot of memes and people love that. Yeah. So it's interesting that memes, I mean, memes by the definition of that word, meme is like something that can communicate that is easy to communicate that spreads really quickly yeah. right that's a meme yeah. so it's really interesting like I maybe want to do a podcast only on memes like because yeah. it feels like there's a lot of potential there and it's just a really good good way of spreading the word yeah um, so it's really interesting to hear that you you've seen a lot of I think you should.
2: memes are accessible so you know they're quick they're accessible they're understood
1: um, I, I people lot- share with friends as well. Like, mm-hmm. they, like they tag people. Mm-hmm. We, seem to, we seem to get a lot of people tagging people to be like, "This is you." Like, do you yes. have friends? So yes. that kind of like virality it makes sense. People are like, "Oh my god, this is so you!" And they tag like three friends, and then that's then that person then mm-hmm. might follow you. So that it does generate a bit of virality. The, the best social team I probably
2: like is Monzo because the way they use data and accurate data yes. to, and, and it's not quite a meme. But it is because it's very simple. It's very like the one they did with the World Cup when it was like, oh look, everyone went to King George pubs. I don't know what it was. It was really funny. It was like spending beer went up high. I loved, you know, going northern. So to hear the Greg's versus Pret debate. Um, I think they talked about all everyone in the South buys. I think Greg's is out, outspends Pret everywhere apart from in, in the city of London. Yeah, I heard. I just I, I saw that one. Do that. I, I would love to think that we could get to a point where we can, we can use the data, data on our platform to That's give a community amazing. view on how people are doing and try and make it a bit funny, you know, spot when, when people are a bit weak or when payday is and what, what are people's activities like? Cause I don't know, but Monzo, they're up there for
0: me. In, I'm thinking also of Curve on Twitter, like they, I'm not really someone of like a social media person, but I am i don't know, they crack me up, like on Twitter, I'm just like, it's <laughs> amazing how, but my main problem with this is, it's so hard. It is so hard to make memes. I've tried and I'm not I'm so bad. I'm terrible. Yeah, I'm not funny either. And also I can never find the image that I want. How do you search up? The guy with weird face on Google, like, how do you even find the memes? I don't. Oh, know.
1: God. The, the the Google searches. My husband's like, what are you doing up there? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, you have to Google the most random things, but I find celebrities the easiest thing. So, okay. and obviously, females for us is a big part of it. So, you're obvious Kim Kardashian. Mm. I don't know, like Nicki Minaj, Gemma Collins for British humor. You know, it, if you're thinking of a money problem, I kind of like I will think of like a kind a, of a keeping up the Kardashians episode or a I don't know a, a Love Island episode or whatever and you and sometimes you have to be on 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 the trends as well so like when yeah, Love Island was exactly. going crazy I didn't watch it this year so I was like. I don't understand all these all these when the squid game
2: squid yeah. game. So one of Holly's specialisms was Married at First Sight Australia. Yeah. Which is quite a niche thing that if you haven't watched it you're thinking what the hell but if you watched it every go back through our feed every <laughs> meme was just perfect <laughs> and it just blew up our page because our demographic was sat um, watching Married at First Sight Australia yeah, and this It was perfect in fact we should,
1: I, I just think So we, I think memes have to be timely as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's really okay. Int- yeah, interesting.
0: So in terms of memes, yeah, look for celebrity faces and keep on trends and yeah. just use your creativity, use your imagination. And repurpose I guess.
1: as well. Like don't reinvent the deal. Like I've spent ages trying to make one, and I'm like, I found it. Like literally hashtag and then credit that person. Like there's no one big thing about content as well is not not reinventing the wheel. We'll go back and look at our insights and see our top performing meme post carousel video, and we'll rep- We'll just repost it have mm-hmm. you followed all the time that might not have seen that content.
0: Mm-hmm. awesome.
1: um, so let's let's move on to like some general audience
0: questions. So I have a couple here that were asked in our slack group, and then we'll also open the floor if anyone else here wants to to ask some questions. But there was one that was really interesting, which is what difference um do you make between building an audience and building a community? because it does seem that community is like a term that is used a lot, especially in fintech. Um, so what, what would you say is the difference audience and community and which one? Yeah. How are you trying to determine that when it comes to financiel?
2: So, yeah, community is favorite buzzword in any tech business, not even yes. FinTech. And we've exactly. spoken to so many people that, you know, build a product and then go, we'll just, yeah, we'll just get a community manager and we'll build a community. And we're thinking, mm-hmm. it's a forum. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, just a forum. Yeah. And, and if you think it's easy to build one, then you, you're you're mistaken. We're very proud of our community and they've kind of... B- built themselves but I think the difference between an audience and a community is collaboration and contribution so we do get user-generated content in this world today and that can come from an audience and not necessarily a community and a community is whatever you make it but we we benefit from two things one in our community space whether that's Instagram actually in the comment section or whether it's in our private community it's self-sustaining so, because they're centered around a central objective and they're passionate about financial, what we stand for, their money journey, they just self-organize, yeah. and so it's very impressive to see people helping each other. And it doesn't take you to help. And I think a one an audience is a one to one relationship or a yeah. one to many, not a many to many. And it's this network effect of community that really helps. It to take a life of its own. What we then use that for is research because we can sit and watch. We are watching everything. Oh, yeah. And we can see how people react to, to certain topics. We can spot needs. And, and that's what proper content creation is. It's what does someone need right now? And sometimes it's not the thing that you decide that morning or, or that you expect. And so then I think the other thing is we want our product, which is the platform where we put our content and we've got our helpful tools to be decided by the community. A little bit how, you know, Monzo, we talked about that earlier, a Monzo community member came up with the idea of POTS. So we have a user, not some guy in the tech team at Monzo to so think- We
1: should build this. Wouldn't it be yeah. good
2: Yeah. So actually we we can use it to identify content trends and product trends. And I don't think you get that as much in an audience scenario because it's just it tends to be one way. It's not very reciprocal. Whereas we kind of encourage and 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 uh, motivate people to to get together. And one of the greatest stories we've had in our community was during the lockdown. One of our uh, members was a. Uh, followers was a beauty business owner, had her business shut down and actually had one of her best personal finance years because she had the headspace to kind of go, hang on a minute, like, let me pull back my spending. Let me sort out what I want in life. What house do I want? What this? And uh, another community member gave her a job during the pandemic. So she Wow. got that time job,
1: I think, in a chemist. Yeah. And we've um, had we've had IVF babies born out of the community as well. So, like all those kind of stories, I think people are much more free with their information and personal stories when they're in a safe what they deem to be a safe space, not an audience member that can be seen by thousands of people, but a group of people that have come from Instagram. They're obviously quite passionate about a subject. We've put some friction in place to make sure that those people in our community Generally, really want to be there, and we give them value. I think we give them so much more content. We give them private events. We just give them a little bit more TLC. And then, like sometimes, my job's redundant because I'm technically community manager, and they'll kind of like answer each other's questions before I can even get to it. Someone will be like, "Did anyone? What does someone think about this?" And I'll go to answer, and another community member will answer before I can. So I'm Amazing. kind of, I'm kind of made redundant from that role. But I think that's like a good. Like that shows you a good community, yeah, a good barometer of of a, an engaged community. I think you mentioned something
0: really key, which is it's just great for customer research.
1: Yeah, like hands <laughs>
0: down. And I mean, <laughs> even I am um, experiencing this. You know, I'm I'm with the fintech marketing Slack group, and and seeing everyone asking each other questions is really interesting because I'm like, wow, marketers. So we we did a survey, and we realized that marketers, fintech marketers, have three main problems, which is uh, messaging, position, uh, messaging, and positioning, hiring. Yes. And the first one was um, actually, I forgot. I can't remember. I have to check it. But yeah, we so we just from like chatting and seeing that and then seeing people ask questions. It's just it's it's very useful. And then um, and I think it just puts you a lot closer to the customer and it helps you build a better product. So yeah. I think that's like the, the most useful thing. And with an audience, maybe you don't have that. Well, that's what you're saying, right?
1: I just don't think they give information as freely maybe, but like when you join our community, we ask you what's your number one financial goal. So we know we've got an aggregated score of, we know the top four things that people come to our community for. So every week we have to make sure that some of our content lends itself to why the community exists and Mm -hmm. what they need help with. So I think if you're not asking the community what they need, but sometimes you don't want it to be a chore for them either. Like you're just using them for research. It has to be like a two-way street where you're giving value and then you're getting it back. Whereas I think... Some fintechs are guilty of creating forums where they just ask like features. questions on features. What do you think about this? Yeah. feature? Do you like this feature? Should we add another feature? And I'm, and I'm, I'm seeing it and I'm going, this is not. And they say, yeah, you've got a community. I'm like, no, you've just got like a test bed for features.
0: Well, that's really interesting that you mentioned that because I've seen that too. You wouldn't call that community, right? That is just like a yeah. customer research forum. So yeah. if some, imagine we're a fintech that has that kind of like low level community basically or forum. Yeah. What what would you say they need to be doing? I mean, add value, sure, but like, what does that actually mean? What 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 would you tell them in order to build a genuine community?
2: So, I think a big thing for me, and it's not a, an egotistical point, but you have to create fans. You have to create people that. I think must be really hard in different industries, or even in a, in a product, like in a B two B fintech product. I can imagine this is not a discussion we're having. We're talking about B two C, but you have to create value for them. And so, I mean. Uh gaff is a great example of community building, which was very much linked to features. But what they kind of did was instead of it being all one way, it was very much like, How would you run the business if you CEO for the Mm -hmm. day? And there's one point where apparently the community members were like they got benefits for helping other community members. And so they didn't have a help desk team, GIF GAF, and I think don't think they do. There's no support desk, you don't ring, you go to a forum, and GIF GAF users like help, each, help other. each other, and they get rewarded with these like super sims and little bits of benefits or some like outfits. I think Merch. just some merchandise. But people, sure. if they become passionate about a brand and what they stand for, they're willing to help. And so for those brands that just have this crack, kind of like this feedback scenario, it's yeah. take. It, it's not saying actually what will be helpful. Like some people just like a bit of recognition, and some people like a platform, and other people like the idea that they're helping to shape the vision for the company because much more like a cooperative. That's proper community, not what features would be helpful because ultimately if we build features, you like, we'll make more money. I just, yeah, it's not easy though. So it's very easy. It's, you know, I don't yeah. want to just make it totally look yeah. like they're doing something wrong. It's just, you know, you have to, and the other thing, because a wonderful thing about community, like you said, isn't just, if you ask people what they want, it's the Henry Ford example, they'll just say a faster horse, but actually watching people and listening to them and seeing what they're trying to do and getting some really good, engineers and voyeurs in your business to watch that they can come up with solutions to problems that the customer doesn't even know they've got just by watching human behavior it's fascinating if you like people watching get involved in a community oh man yes or,
0: or marketing in general i would say yeah um i mean i'm so i'm reading the mom tests uh, by um
2: yes i've Robert seen this. Fitzpatrick.
0: yeah because i was recommended to uh, it by thomas who was on our podcast and he says, you should never ask people what they're, they might do in the future because they'll lie to you. They'll tell you yeah. what you want to hear. Instead, so you should ask them what they're doing um, every day. Like what are their habits? And it's true, community kind of like, is like that window yeah. into the every day. Uh, and there's some, there's some fantastic tips in there in general. And it's really opening my eyes to like the power of customer research or how to do it properly. Because it's true that yeah. we, well, also another one is like, never mention your product when you're asking questions. Um, you want to ask them what they're currently doing and uh and then because if you mention the product they'll be like oh yeah I'll definitely buy your product but you just never mention you that never you have will. a product so yeah anyways. you never interview
1: so, them yourself like I think when we're d- going to do more in depth like at research it won't be us asking the questions because they'll just, we know that our community will just want to make us happy and say what 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 they think we want to hear Yeah, that's yeah. not going to give us an accurate result of how people use our product.
2: and the real key like it's a really good um, for those people listening a really good theory is the jobs to be done theory yeah. and it's yeah. really good um, I think it's a Harvard or something video on YouTube that explain it and it's a, it's talking about you know if your product was going to be hired to do a job for your customer, what job do they need it to do? And and you get a lot closer to actually what the customer needs rather than asking what the customer wants or you thinking this is a good idea, let's see if they like it. So it's very interesting and it's very, very difficult to do well. And We feel community spying. I'm not going to call it spying, but having a community and being able to watch and listen Is a cheat's guide to really understanding your customer. And ultimately, like, you know, revenue comes when you look after customer. We ultimately believe that sometimes we've not got a great revenue plan in place. Sometimes, you know, it's a bit further in the future. But when you see the magic happening, when you see like light bulb moments happen, you go, right, okay, we're just on the right track, keep going.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that's why I was asking you about triggers, actually. Triggers are essentially jobs to be done, right? Or pain points, which is basically mm-hmm. the same problem. So yeah, super interesting, super amazing that you're so deep into like marketing theory and, <laughs> and like, <laughs> development. yeah, exactly. Of
2: everything.
0: I have one more question. I was wondering if Annie uh, would want to turn her video on and, and uh, actually on the topic of revenue, it was a really interesting question. So I don't know if Annie is here. And she can, do you want to, do you want to read your question out? Do you have it in front of you? If not, I can read it.
3: No, I don't have it, but it was about how you actually, um, I mean, you, you touched on some of the points already uh, while discussing about your business model, but uh, my question was mainly about how you are currently looking at scaling the business and monetizing it because you mentioned the premium uh, model that you're taking. And it's just, it'll be interesting because, you know, we've seen so many examples in the past, you know, like uh, brilliant, uh, you know, freemium business models, for example, one that pops in my mind is F- Finimize And they also tried to do this investment app, which failed and they uh, remained uh, just like an information. They were bought by, I think, Aberdeen. And, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah. So that's my, uh, you know, my main question, because there is brilliant community-based um, you know businesses and, and you know organizations out there which at some point are struggling to convert into viable, you know,
2: real businesses.
3: So how are you looking at you know tackling this? <laughs> it's
2: such a good question, Annie. And good it's, question. Really, it's really, really difficult, especially when you come from, you know, a product-based industry or service-based industry where it's very clear what the product is, and then you you know you build margin on top of that and 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 that's kind of how you, you build your revenue through basic products and service sales. Um, and so for a long time, we've wrestled with what the the revenue model f- would be. For now, it's from three sources and we're generating revenue on these basis and our plan is to try and scale that. So it's B2C subscription revenue. Um, it's only small because our cost is, our price is small. Um, it's quite high mar- high margin because the tech's quite simple and we've got a low cost base. But, you know, unless we put a lot of money into B2C acquisition, which at the moment we don't intend to do because we just don't think it's a good use of our time and money. Um, we will still continue to get a recurring revenue from B2C. We then get if you think about the lifetime value of the customer as the customer's on their customer journey with us. We will um, we have some partnerships with some financial service brands, like pensionbees for example, one of them, a couple of others in InsureTech and um and possibly a couple more in the future, where we'll benefit from handing a customer over when they're at the right time in that journey. So if they're in the build stage and they're saving for a home, we know that these people are saving for a home and actually we could get you. A really good deal, or this is a really good brand that aligns with us when it comes to products, um, and then to the, the, the partnerships, whether it's referral and our introducer, or whether it's campaigns, brand and, awareness and brand awareness off app and on app is another revenue stream. Again, um, even if we do really well with that, it's not a revenue stream that will build a very big business. And we do have, uh, you know, a vision of our business being very big. Um, so the third is then B two B. So a little bit like the Headspace model. Ours is a financial wellness product. It gives people really good education, really good content on how to manage their money. Headspace is a B2B to C product that actually offers employer benefit. And um we we just know that if we pick the right brands and if it works for their employee as it does for our current community because it's already working, um, then we'll be able to get revenue in bulk upfront for the year. So it'd be really good on a cash flow basis, um, and and the margin would would be really strong. And so we're test this is a great test time for us, Annie. We're going to be testing out these three core streams. And um, we certainly see ourselves as a bit like a finemize because we're proud of our content and we're proud of the way we're building community. Um, and and they're of value to Aberdeen, hence the acquisition. Um yeah. obviously. It, 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 I wonder if one day they thought would people pay past a paywall? Because, you know, well, yeah. they did. Um, for us, it the proof will be in the pudding. But yeah, we're not open to test, we're not afraid of testing, we're not open to changing our way yeah <laughs> great
0: thanks thanks for thanks for the answer it was um really interesting like topic so um if no one else has any questions feel free to post in the chat but i have one final question for you which is um what is what does the future look like for financial like where would you like to see it in five years how is this community going to grow how how are you thinking of taking it to the to the next level if so, you want to I-
2: Well, we do. So, you know, we want to get our product, whether that's Apple, whatever product ends up being into the hands of millions of people, because we just know it works teaching people how to handle money in a way that at the very beginning of the story that I told, no one taught us how to do it. And so Mm -hmm. we can teach people from the beginning or or on their journey to, to take control of their money then that, you know, f- revenue and success will, will come from that. But that's what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to help the, the maximum people possible. So if you think about it on that basis, you know, we want to be the leading financial wellness brands in the world. And we, and we think other people are claiming that title right now. and um, won't name names, but they're not financial. Well, why, wellness. why not?
0: Can you mention? <laughs> I mean, maybe I can mention... Um, I don't know, like Starling, like like Monzo, Starling.
2: They're okay. They're they're financial products, but then they stay away from education. I think this is a real.
0: Problem. Oh, you mean education? This okay. is a real
2: problem with FCA. Is is the line between product provision and education? So we still want to stay well on the side of education, um. But you know, by our pay later we want to be oh, the antidote to that. We want to show okay. people that that is not conducive to a positive financial well being, and that it's it's literally designed to 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 make your part with money. Now people in your community will work for those brands. And so it, always mm, it's always about awareness sure. and not about being difficult for them. Others, you know, pay advance schemes. So companies that say they help with employee financial wellbeing, but actually offer a service which oh yeah wage earlier, their financial
1: wellness. And we just keep going, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. This <laughs> wellness washing, like, you know, it's green, green washing. Everyone's like, I'll plant a tree if you buy my, if you take my credit card and, you know, you spend £500 a it, these all plant like 500 trees. And it's like, okay, that's greenwashing. Like, that's not what this is about. This well concept of wellness washing is becoming a bit more paramount. You'll see a lot of big banks, legacy banks as well, having like a random page, financial wellness page. But on the next one, it's like take out this loan with us at like 18% APR and you're just like. The, you're all missing mm. the point so we we hope we're the antidote to kind of that
2: and we think it's got a space in the majority of uh geographic regions i think we'd love to 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 go with europe next i mean our product really okay. works for a society that struggles with debt <laughs> and not many uh Euro- european nations do because yeah, they're very England. anti-debt exactly yeah. so yeah. so in a way it you know us uh, yeah you us and australia are kind of the more obvious um choices um interesting but when we have the female focus, actually females and lots of uh, European destinations have different issues. So, for example, you know, my understanding um, from some of our uh, advisors the i've talked about the french market is women struggle to invest like the good savers but the confidence to invest and grow their assets is something that they struggle with also having control over their money and it not being reliant on someone else so the the female angle is this is all about taking control which i said at the beginning it's about taking control of your money and deciding where it goes and if we can empower people and it might mean different things in different jurisdictions to to take control then we're going to help a lot of people and it's going to be a valuable product to people, which is kind of, I guess, I guess where we started. So yeah, we globally, we want to be known as, uh, you know, a a financial wellness brand that genuinely is trying to change habits and help people take control and especially help a hell of a lot of females on the way.
0: That's so exciting. Well, I'm looking forward like in five years to see you like, um, you know, playing among the big, the big apps and the big fintechs. And I can be like, yep, I, I have talked to these two. I know.
2: Them. <laughs> um, You'll but, be interviewing us on stage
0: of like. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll have fintech marketing, Slack group, fin- meetup and yeah. be able to to chat. Real. But um, yeah, super exciting. I'm, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I think the part that I love the most is because you're bootstrapped, there is no hiding, like there's no, uh waste everything is really careful everything you really care um and so i'm it's really exciting to see like how yeah you're putting so much energy into the right things and i really yeah i'm looking forward to see how your your journey goes on so,
2: congrats, and like, you can have a snack on. We'll book, sure. we'll book in. again in a year. In a year, and we can just do checkups. Yeah, why not? Well, hundred percent. Well, you have to get Mr. Chipman back because oh, Holly, yeah, you're uh, right. Holly wants an Alex follow up. But we, yeah, we'll definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Thank you for letting us share our story. You know, we we want to make what we're doing accessible, and to you know, if someone has an idea and wants to go at tech, you don't have to build you know, the next Tesla technology, you can come up with a really simple need and a simple product and just test it out. And Instagram is a testing space. You can ask a yeah. question on a story and get people to answer it. That's user research. You don't need, you know, it's you, well don't need, fancy. you don't
1: need 400 million love in that. funding either. Uh, would- <laughs> so,
2: so true. Exactly.
0: Really Man, say it from the rooftops. Yeah. On the
1: rooftops. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, well, thanks so much, Holly and Laura for coming on. I really appreciate it and um yeah once again i look forward to seeing how you get on and uh, wish you wish you the best of luck
1: thank you so much well. <clears throat> guys very bye inspiring. inspiring thank you ladies bye. thanks annie bye. bye
0: thank you for listening to this episode you can find all the information and show notes over at fintechmarketinghub.com and then click on podcast we've also got a fintech marketing slack community where you can meet fellow fintech marketers and founders, ask podcast guest questions ahead of a show, and attend exclusive online events with industry experts. We'd love to see you in there, hear your feedback, and learn about the challenges you're currently facing in your role. To join, head to fintechmarketinghub.com forward slash Slack. That's all for today. See you in the Slack.